0: Nathan and Nia formed a human shield between the group of angry gnomes and the humans across the tavern. Yeah, well, it's because of people like you that we're second class, you know, in a city that our people bloody started, one gnome shouted. One of the humans responded, ducking under Balasar's arm to shout back, Yeah, well, time's move on, Nia, your lot should move with them. Morning, it don't beat magic, mate. Your kind of magic will never replace us. It's your luck that'll be out of fashion when everyone gets bored of you. That was the gnome shouting back. Nia rolled her eyes and grabbed one gnome by the back of his jacket. Nathan did the same, both of them pulling the gnomes off the ground and making for the door. The large orc tavern owner held it open, shaking his head. As they exited, they heard the humans behind them, laughing. That wasn't until Balasar grabbed them by the scruff of the neck and lifted both men up, one in each hand, also making for the door, to a chorus of much louder laughter from the other tavern goers. The orc barely hid a smile as he nodded to Balasar before letting the door swing shut behind all of them. They hauled themselves out onto the street, the gnomes and the humans struggling in vain against their bonds. Nier and Nathan let the gnomes down, forming a wall between them and the humans that Balasar had just dropped onto the ground a few feet away. I suggest that you walk away. Take this as your first and last warning, he growled, and for a moment blue jets of fire appeared at his nostrils. The humans took one look and picked themselves up, mumbling under their breath as they walked in the opposite direction. Nia, Nathan, and the gnomes watched them leave. Do you boys have anything to say before you walk in the opposite direction? she asked sternly, arms folded. It was them who started it, them fucking Palisade boys. Think they can come down here and flash their gold? Means they're right about everything all of a sudden, snapped one gnome, brushing his coat flat. Well, whatever they said, it can't be as bad as a night in a watch cell, can it? Replied Nathan, eyebrows raised. The gnome held his gaze. Well, looks like the character of this city is going down the drain wherever you look. Nathan held his ground until the pair of gnomes begrudgingly turned and walked towards the river. He, Nier, and Balasar exchanged looks before shaking their heads and sighing. "Hmm," said Balasar. Election year. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D and D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. The next day they all filed into the office at around the same time. One by one they took seats at their desks, turning to the centre of the room. We have to let Rogar Von Gallo go this afternoon unless we can get anything else out of him that either puts him at a crime scene or helping the killer. Who we know isn't him because, well, we ran after the other guy, uh, Morthos, said Nia. Hey, I could squeeze him one more time, suggested scribe, fingers in his beard. He won't give. The man is a true believer said Nathan. They fell silent again. He never wore a coat, said Balasar finally. The others ignored him, so he spoke again. Galog said, Morthos, he never wore a coat, that's important. Nier and Nathan exchanged looks. OK, I'll bite, said Scribe, leaning forward, looking genuinely interested. Galog said Morthos never wore a coat, Balasar began again. Yes! Interrupted Nathan, sitting up and beginning to rummage through a notepad on his desk. He, uh, he never closed his tent at night. That's important. So he's used to the cold, and unafraid of being attacked, even ambushed. I mean, yeah, that's probably because... Uh, near motioned to her own ears, pulling them up a bit so the tips were pointed before nodding at Nathan, who smiled. So what, he's used to the cold, which means... From over the Black Mountains... No wonder he likes the cold if he's from that far north. Damn handy in a fate as well, so are we thinking military? Scribe said, but Nathan made a face. Maybe, maybe not. Military trained, but not military anymore, or we'd have a record on a Morthos. It's not exactly a common name, even among elves. So I'm in Tarthage. I don't want to be seen, but I also like the cold. I'm heading to the Northern Territory, concluded Nia. They all nodded before getting to their feet and heading out. As Balasar opened the door... He found himself confronted by Sherman, who looked surprised to see them all. Well, well, a lead already, he said, gruff but hopeful. They quickly explained their thinking to the dwarf who nodded along. Aye, we can send a message up north and ask if they've had reports of anyone crossing the mountains who fits that description, he said finally. Nathan understood straight away and shook his head. Anyone as skilled as Morthos can get over those mountains without being seen, boss. The Northern Watch might not have even seen anything. He sighed. It really wasn't worth all of them journeying up north for a couple of hours, for what could well be a dead end. His eyes met Sherman, who nodded again. You're all being moved onto protection for the next couple of days, no ifs or buts, the dwarf said firmly. We've got debates, and hustings tonight. We we can't have anything out of place. I need you four on candidate protection. The four exchanged glances and nodded. They knew they didn't really have anything to argue back with right now. Protection duty it was. Today, they had to be watch. Moments later, they were on foot, walking towards what constituted a nice part of town, at least in the Southern District. They walked through the plaza, feeling deflated, but at least committed to ensuring nothing else was going to go wrong on their watch. Arriving at the Southern District Council building, they all showed their batons, and acquiesced to a pat-down by two large orcs before they were shown inside. Stepping in, they were hit by a wall of noise. Elves, dragonborn, gnomes, humans and dwarfs were walking quickly this way and that, some talking into soundsticks, carrying papers, while others were having loud conversations and bellowing to each other across a large hall that they found themselves in. Finally, a tall half-orc greeted them with a toothy grin. Oh, thank the gods you're here! She checked a pad for a moment. Watchman Grack, you're with Halenga Quickheart. Scribe smiled as Balasar nodded and followed the half-orc's arm to a door at the back of the hall. Swatchman, scribe and cadessa you're with Rurik Grimmalog Yneer and Nia nodded politely and walked away in the opposite direction towards a second door and finally Nathan Bowman you're assigned to art Everstill. he's oh, somewhere the half-orc looked around he's a, um, a tiefling tail's horn the whole package the orc said lowering her voice slightly Nathan smiled and nodded. I'm sure I'll find him. I've got uh, keen eyes. He smiled and stepped past the orc, scanning the room. Sure enough, moments later he saw a tiefling, dressed in form-fitting brown robes, crossing the room, flanked by two elves. Ah, Watchman Bowman, my uh, protection for the day, he said, nodding. Thank you so much for your service, I know it must be pretty boring to uh, go from chasing bad guys to making sure no one stabs their toe around here. Nathan smiled, shrugging slightly. All part of the watch duty, Mr. Everstill. I'm happy to help. Ah, oh, please, please, uh, call me up. Uh, Mr. Everstill is my father, he's around here. Somewhere. The tiefling smiled again, beckoning Nathan to follow him. They walked through the hallway, pausing only when Art Everstill was stopped by people who wanted to shake his hand. Eventually they made their way into a small room, off the main hallway, which contained only one tall elf. His robes were form-fitting, and deep purple with a high collar. His white hair was swept to one side. He ran his fingers through it as he turned to Nathan and Art. Father, I'm glad you could make it, said Art, inclining his head slightly. Nathan did the same after a moment. Watchman Bowman, meet Lucius Everstill, my father. Father, meet my protection for the day. Lucius inclined his head towards Nathan. Are you prepared? He said curtly to Art. Of course, sir. Have my talking points, my rebuttals, uh, even my pithy, spontaneous remarks to and Rurik. All scripted, of course. He shot Bowman a look, who smiled. Lucius' eyes flicked from Art to Nathan and narrowed. This will be the first time these people will get to hear who you are, Arta. Mistakes? They're costly. Watchman, have you business to attend to? Nathan looked from Art to Lucius before nodding swiftly. He walked to the rear of the room and looked through a small window that opened out onto the yard below. Nothing caught his eye except a large raven that was perched on a dumpster opposite the window. He sighed, trying to focus as he lent his forehead against the cool glass. The building was humming from the voices inside. He could feel it against his skin. Outside, a dog barked. On a table in the room behind him, a carriage clock ticked loudly, its insides whirring. Watchman. A voice cut through his focus. He turned to find Lucius looking in his direction, eyebrows arched. Do you see anything? Uh, no, nothing. All seems quiet enough, out there at least. He checked the clock. Uh, almost time, I think you're last out, he said. Last out, said Lucius, his head snapping around to Nathan. Why is a last out? Father, it's fine, really. <laughs> I think it gives me an edge, Art began, but Lucius cut across him. After all this time, there was to be last out. Think Arthur, think I might look to some people. Father, no one will, Lucius looked at Nathan. Can you do anything about this, watchman? Nathan opened his mouth to answer, but Art cut across him as the commotion outside stirred. The candidates were being moved, one by one, to the large hustings erected outside the front of the building. <laughs> Lucius shook his head and turned his back on Nathan and Art. Flinging the door open, he strode out. The elf and the tiefling exchanged glasses before a voice boomed out, calling Rurik Mallard to the stage. A commotion rumbled through the lobby as Nathan saw a squat, white-haired dwarf, flanked by Scribe and Nia, and some other dwarves. They strode across the hallway and out into the square. Boos and cheers rang out loud as the doors onto the street opened and then swung closed once more. Well, best of luck, Mr. Um, Art, said Nathan, to a smile from the tiefling. He ran his hand over one of his horns, his tail curling slightly into his robes. Yeah. never had it, don't need it now. But, uh, thank you. The same to you. A voice boomed out a final time, and they were moving, Nathan slightly in front as two more elves joined them from either side of art as they walked across the hallway and out into the square. Nathan led them to the base of some wooden steps, stopping short of following the tiefling up onto the stage. Bowman hung back, scanned the crowd looking for... Anything. Anything that caught his eye. He looked up onto the stage, where the dwarf, Rurik Gromalok, was in the centre. On his left was the half-orc, Helenga Quickhart. Art was nearest to Bowman. Each candidate had a plinth in front of them, and a large soundstick affixed to the top of it. It was there to amplify their voice across the crowd. As the hubbub subsided slightly, an announcer instructed Rurik to deliver his opening address first. The dwarf began banging his fist against the plinth, drawing loud cheers and boos from the crowd in equal measure. Nathan saw a group of humans screaming, veins bulging in their heads. They weren't screaming at the stage. Instead, they were screaming at a group of gnomes, a little way away in the crowd, fists waving for sure, but no weapons, Nathan noted. Meanwhile, on stage, Rurik had launched into his speech with full vigour. The candidate to my left! is a career politician, she failed in the western quarter, she failed in the eastern Wilds. it was 8 bad years for those people, let me tell you, and when I win, and I will win, because, uh, well, he waved his hand towards Art, and then made a motion, sticking two stubby fingers up beside his head like horns, the crowd, parts of it at least, went wild, imitating the motion back at the stage. Helenga shook her head, aghast, trying to catch the eyes of those in the crowd. Art smiled and nodded, gripping the plinth as the dwarf's speech rumbled on. We want magic industry, for sure we want magic industry, but we want it to do more. More for the people of Tarthage and less for the people who run it. More cheers, more booze. Finally Helenga was called on to give her opening remarks. She cleared her throat. And began to speak, but her first words were drowned by loud cheers and equally as many boos from the Rurik diehard supporters. She shook her head, pretending to wake them out while smiling at a group of elves who were cheering her nearest the stage. Well, I have to say it's a good job that Rurik Gro Malog isn't in power right now because. But Rurik got there first. Because you'd be in jail! Halenga, you'll be in jail. The crowd went wild, cheering and booing, even louder now. Where's your campaign money coming from, Halenga? Let the people know. They deserve to know. Rurik shouted over the din, banging his fist again. More horn signs and cheers coming from the crowd. Nathan steadied himself against the railing. His vision was blurring and the hum he'd heard inside the hallway had followed him outside. He gripped the railings in front of him his head beginning to swim. Looking up, he watched through watering eyes as other members of the crowd were doing the same. Their hands were over their ears until... "'People of Tarthage!' The voice rang out across the square. The ringing and buzzing had stopped now, and the people were looking around them, a murmuring growing among them. The voice continued. "'Perhaps you've heard of my work. Now hear from me.' These people do not represent you. I know it. So do you. Sowing just enough discord to keep everyone voting. Me? I am the Reaper. I am Order. The crowd had fallen quiet now. Nathan's eyes found Nia's from across the stage, and she held up her soundstick. The bottom was glowing orange, and she shrugged, eyes wide in alarm. Bowman quickly realised the voice was coming out of every soundstick nearby, including the one on his belt. I wield the fire of candy, and there is so much more to come. There are people who wish to stop my work, and to those people I say, look west. Let me show you how I deal with dissent. It is quite beautiful. The voice faded away, replaced by the buzzing that Nathan had heard before. People began crying out as they covered their ears until, in a moment, it was gone. That's when the screaming started. This has been Tales of Tarthage. This episode was written and edited by Samuel Bradley. The title music was Who Am I to Complain by Alec Michael Wilson. Extra sounds were provided by Zapsplat.com. This was a Starter Set Studio production. Hello. Hi. Do you like bad movies? Do you find yourself defending bad movies, saying things like, well, the soundtrack was okay, or the costumes were pretty fun. From the previous hosts of It's Not That Bad podcast, we bring you Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast from Simone LaRue and Chad Ekovitz. Every week we review two movies that did not do well critically, but we say, hey, there are some nice things about them. Maybe Rotten Tomatoes was wrong. Maybe they're all fools and you should watch these movies regardless. We'll also talk about scenes that could have saved it and we'll often refer to Simone's cats because they're amazing and adorable and we love them. (laughs) And at the end of each review, we will tell you whether we would watch this movie again or in what circumstances we would recommend you watch this movie. So join us. On July 9th for the first drop of our main episode And then two days later for our drop of our mini And on Robots Radio Podcast Network Come see us on July 9th We love you so much already Bye Bye. Do you like adventure? Yeah Do you like laughing? Uh, Yeah Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know Play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Ameren. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from.